Nona also has two different plot points. So in Nona, it goes between John Gaius telling Harrow Hark slash Earth in a different reality slash a bubble in the river slash no one knows, but it is the true history of what happened and that's all that matters, but also what's happening, but also whatever. I love those parts. <laughs> oh my God. Because I love John because he's so mm. terrible. I felt like that was the most realistic depiction I've ever seen of how awful people are with climate change stuff. So like <laughs> basically the earth that was is funny. dying. It's basically just like our future. Yeah. We're like climate the crisis yeah it's like so bad that like no one can actually deny it anymore because they're dying and stuff right um which has already happened yes no but like slightly more advanced than where we are um Uh, slightly slightly just a just a smidge just a smidge (laughs) but um anyway they're a little more technologically advanced than we are too clearly that for sure um and so John, the original, like, mortal John, was involved in a project. He was, like, some genius, and he was trying to get um, cryo to work to be able to freeze people and get them off Earth until they could be resettled. Uh, and then the I think the intent always was to try to fix Earth still. Right, also. but it was, like, freeze people so that they don't take up space or nutrients and stuff and we can fix stuff. And move people around mm-hmm. safely, and lots of people around safely. So he, if things are really bad, he's trying to save everyone, and basically, um, their project ends up getting shut down, and the trillionaires basically end up promising a new project where, like, there's going to be three waves of ships that bring everyone unfrozen to resettle on a distant planet, and then the trillionaires are lying and abscond with the only ships, and they're the only ones who escape certain death. I, I think John gets a couple of their ships, but some of their ships He get does, away. yeah. But, um, anyway, I recently read Project Hail Mary, which was really, really good, but was kind of like a, um, something cat- catastrophically wrong with the Earth that's, like, a little different than climate change, but has some similar effects. And it's one of those books where everyone, all nations, come together to fix it because it's the fate of the world. And I... I'm cynical enough to believe that that wouldn't actually happen, and <laughs> this is what would happen. The trillionaires yeah. would get out and leave the rest of us to die, Yep. and everyone else would die because we're not good at working together, even when we need to, to survive. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it seems very realistic. Everything that he talks about happening, like at one point he puppets around uh, probably the United States president. They don't actually say it's the United States. They just say a powerful nation. It definitely seems like the United States. And it feels like something the U.S. would do. Oh, very much so. (laughs) So, yeah, it's... Those parts are both, like, fascinating and interesting because, like, you're actually getting some very real, very straightforward answers to Like, things. literally for two books, she basically gave us no answers. And I yeah. think that's one thing I liked about Nona is we actually get a few answers. Right. Um, I, however, hate him and everything <laughs> about him and think that he's a whiny little bitch. So I don't really... I appreciate them a like little bit more now. I think because I, I think I may have like. I don't know. John has these pieces of like. He's kind of charming. Yeah, like you get why people followed him. Right, and he like. Really like, what he's trying to do. I mean, which is kind of true for the mage too, 
But, like, even more so, like, what he's trying to do, he wasn't actually trying to become God. Like, he wasn't trying to get power. He was legitimately trying to save as many lives as he could initially. Well, save Earth, specifically. Yeah. Like, he... Like, his goals and the way he tried to get there were actually, like, all on point until he was given the power of God. And honestly, that feels, like, very realistic. (laughs) Like... It is cool, too, that we learn the origin of necromancy, is that it's the Earth... The Earth's soul, who becomes Electo, kind of changing John and giving him this power, and then John learns how to give it to other people ostensibly. Well, when John resurrects people, yeah, he. he I think are, just because he there is like Electo and him are like joined at that point. Right, but did why. he do it on purpose? Yeah, I think he gives nec- people necromancy on purpose. Okay, so yeah. Because he, like, literally everyone on Earth dies. Like, it's full-blown nuclear war. Which John where... sets off, for the record. Yeah, John starts it. Because um, the trillionaires take off, like, literally blast off to leave Earth to die. And he loses his mind and um, sets off all of the nuclear bombs he has access to, which is quite a number, oh. because he's in charge of the United States president and Gideon. He's not doing well at that point. No. <laughs> and I love that, that I do kind of like, I think that's part of why he's charming, is that he'll say things like, you've got to remember, I was four days on no sleep, and I hadn't <laughs> had anything to eat. And like, all of these little things, like he is very like, charming and like, you feel like you can understand mm-hmm. why you would do those things. Yeah. I think that's why he's a good villain, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, like, if he'd done it in a better way, he could have really made a very, like, cool thing. More than anything, the problem is he, his vengeance. He cannot yeah. give up the anger about the trillionaires escaping. Right. And he just won't, he won't stop conquering worlds and right. searching for them and fighting them and that is the problem. Yeah. So, otherwise, like, I feel like that's also, like, John finally becomes, they are always saying he has an ordinary face. They bring this up all the time. And I feel like in Nona, you really see that he was just, like, a guy. Yeah. And that he was a relatable guy. Like, he was angry for very legitimate reasons. He was a pretty good person, I would say. Like, he was trying (laughs) to do good things. Like, he had real friendships. Yeah. And he became God, and nobody should. (laughs) Right. Like, and it's like, he didn't do anything to deserve that. Like, it just happened to him. And it just feels, like, very relatable, to be honest. Like, the stuff he chooses to do after that is why he's, like, a piece of shit, and I don't like him. But, like, honestly, like, Nona gave me those pieces where I was like, yeah, I'd probably do that. I mean, I think it's the right that, like, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, right. there's there's so many Star Trek episodes where people get godlike powers and instantly just, like, become dicks. And it's like, yeah, I pretty love, much everyone. I would love to find out, Like, though. who would become a dick if they I were given godlike like powers? I'll try it. Let me try <laughs> yes, it. Yes, I wish I could grant you godlike powers. I do I, not have that ability. I, I think I could hack it. I think I could hack it. <laughs> I would be a better god than John. That's for God. 2024. <laughs> God, yeah. Um, I also love that he swears and says things like God. Like, he'll be like, oh, for fucking God's sake and stuff. It's like, because he, yeah, he just, I think that's the basis of his charmingness is he comes across as just like 
a really, like, nice guy. And I think that's what he used to be. Yep. I don't think that's true anymore. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, I think he's a deeply terrifying creature by the time that you meet him in the Harrow books and stuff. Um, so the other part of Nona, though, is Nona's point of view. (laughs) I love Nona so much. So... You remember how we were saying that at the beginning of Harrow Hark, Harrow has no idea what's going on and it's incredibly confusing as the reader? So at the beginning of Nona, Harrow's body wakes up and the person in it is named Nona and has no idea what's going on. (laughs) And she's with the people that she pretty quickly identifies them, but also at the very beginning doesn't identify them. She calls them the person who works for me, the person who takes care of me. And the person who teaches me. And then you find out that it's Palamides and um, Camilla, but they're in one body. Which last time we saw them, he was still in hand bones. He he died in the first book, so he kind of preserved his soul in the river. Right, and so he runs into Harrow, or Harrow, you know, finds him, and she changes that to hand bones. And we have no idea how Camilla got from hand bones to being able to be um, taken over at will by... I don't know how, because at the end of the last book, like, Gideon is in the river with with Pyrrha, Pyrrha, Gideon in Harrow's body. Well, yeah, so Pyrrha and Harrow's body are in the river. And we have no idea how Pyrrha and... Harrow's body even got with Pal and Cam. Like, we don't find that out. No, it literally, at the very, very end of the book, you just hear Pyrrha's voice saying, like, um, keep, like, keep, her keep resuscitating. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter that her ribs are broken, like, keep resuscitating. And so, and Pyrrha says, like, Gideon, your soul is gonna be ripped from Harrow's body. So there's, like, implications that that did happen, but Pyrrha still had Harrow's body, but then it should have been empty, but then because Harrow had this connection to Electo, but also was asleep inside her own body. Because Harrow kind of decided to let Gideon pilot her body for a but while then at the was end of Harrow. So then instead Electo's the one who ends up taking over the body. But also, like, I think it's just a piece, a little piece of Electo, because again... She's not fully being yeah. haunted by Electo. There's, like, this tenuous connection, and Harrow's asleep within herself, so her her body is, like, kept alive enough. Oh, my God. Being it's... piloted by oh. a part of Electo's soul. So... It's all confusing, and we don't really know why some of it happened, but we don't really yeah. need to, and that's okay with these books. Again, again, it's like, just, like, part I really... somehow she is just brilliant in the way that she writes these things that... Things you don't, you don't care that you don't understand. I feel like that way about Christopher Nolan movies, where sometimes, like, someone will say something about a plot hole, and I'll be like, I was so fucking absorbed in how beautiful space is, I didn't notice, and I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so Nona is her own, her own person, um, and she has been alive almost six months now. Nona is adorable. She's a child and not a child. Yeah, so she is 19. They do say that in this book. So she's fully 19, the body is, but Nona herself is six months old, and she has rapidly, like, learned things in that six months. 
So I'd say she's, like, equivalent to, like, a young tween. Like, she is very much, like, a kid. Something she understands and something she really doesn't yeah. still. And so she, she can't do necromancy, but she has an incredible healing ability that has never been seen before. Like, better than a lictor. And she can understand every single language that she hears, or, well, that she sees, that she, if she can see you talking it, she can understand it. She understands the language of the heart and the mouth. They say at one point, I really like that line. Yeah. She, she understands. She, she likes to pay attention to the hand and the mouth. The hand and the, yeah, sorry, the yeah, hand, hand and the mouth. And the mouth. Um, yeah, those are her favorite lessons, the hand and the mouth. And she, I mean, she can, like, understand secrets about people just by, like, watching them, basically. Like, she yeah, can like, she, shoot at people's energy and their well, movements. Well, and, like, you know that, that trope in, like, so many cop movies where it's, like, oh, their pupils dilate this uh-huh. much, it means... It's basically like she's a walking one of those lie detectors yeah. with an extra layer of understanding where she can just understand things... But the thing is, is that because she's also six months old, like, she doesn't, like, there's a conversation at one point about what is sexy, and what she thinks, what she thinks is sexy is these beautiful flowers painted on a building, and it's like, she, so it's like she understands things to a level, but, and that's why I just feel like it kind of does feel like she's a child, because, like, they can understand a lot of things, but they don't context for yeah. some of these things. Um, and her memory isn't great. <laughs> um, even, like, short-term memory. And so there'll also be these moments where she's, like, trying to remember something. <laughs> and she just can't. <laughs> she'll be like, it's just niggling in the back. Like and sometimes I, she's, like, a very, actually, like, we'll say something really, like, mature-sounding. Right. Or have, like, a lot of information about something. And everyone will be like... What? what? And she'll mostly be like, I heard it from so-and-so. Like, she, like, she knows things, some, a few things instinctually, like the hand and the mouth stuff, mm-hmm. kind of instinctually, but otherwise, like, she just, like, learns stuff from, like, watching people and listening to people, but she doesn't necessarily understand what she's learning. And she's also, oh my god, I love Nona. Nona is so sweet, but also incredibly selfish and vain. See, like that also just feels like a child in that way of, like, it's almost like she can only hold on to one emotion at a time. Yeah, I can see that. Like, she's so good and she's so kind, but, like, when she's too hungry and too overstimulated... She freaks out. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, it's so legitimate, and, and she's so sorry afterwards in these ways that it's, like... But it really does feel like that way where, like, you just, like, don't have control. She talks about how beautiful she is all the time. It's so funny. And how beautiful, like, uh, other people are. Yeah. Like, she thinks Camilla has, is the most beautiful thing. She and Pira, she thinks on, um, on Pash. I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's like, Pash saw Nona looking all smitten-eyed at her and got mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I can't oh. believe that Pash is the niece of... Wake. Oh, wake. Yeah. That was great. That was such an interesting, weird little twist to, like, throw in there. And, I mean, her kind of crush on Pash also feels like when you're a little kid and there's an older, cool kid. Because everything Pash does, Nona's like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) Which, to be fair, the way that she, like... (laughs) Like, oh my god. So her original description of Pash's face the first time she sees it 
is like her face would have been like handsome and um handsome and something handsome and cool or something um but she had these like big like she had burn marks and scars and that means she was badass <laughs> and handsome and I was like bro Pash is such a dick too no Pash is so oh, I love Pash. funny yeah and it's like a thing that I, I like I feel like Pash is such a dick that like we shouldn't like her as much but, as we do. Oh man, she's great. But she's also one of those that's like very charming dicks, kind of like Gideon to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I mean, I also love Anthony. Anthony's like the worst person oh, ever. Oh my god, there's so many terrible people that in this. Park, who I love so much. <laughs> I love that line where they're like, "We're all terrible people, except for Nona." And <laughs> Nona goes, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nona's not a horrible person. She is. So sweet. Well, and that's and a, cute. And like hot sauce always being like, oh, you're, you're sweet. sweet. Yeah. So Nona is living on this like war torn planet. Um, mm, that's is it war torn? Well, I well, guess the city is war. The city is war torn, but they're all immigrants. No, refugees. Refugees. So yeah. So the blood of Eden is basically occupying the city. But we have both the resurrection beast is bearing down on the planet, and which the, means all necromancers have gone crazy. Yep, and the nine houses are kind of coming to reclaim the planet. So well, and they're vestments of them left. Yeah, and they're actively fighting. So Nona ends up befriending this. She gets into a gang of like erstwhile refugee kids who have like <laughs> seen way too much shit and gone through horrible trauma, but are also children and yeah. they're like hilarious like the oldest one hot sauce is 14 and the youngest one kevin is seven and first of all let's talk about their names hot sauce named herself um she really loves hot sauce yeah so that is amazing but then the other care the other kids names are like beautiful ruby mm-hmm. and honesty and born in the morning born in the morning and kevin And the thing is, is that what I was realizing, or at least think I understand the second time I was reading it, is that I think their names are in other languages. Yeah, Nona said, like, this is what it translates to. Right. And so, because at one point, Hot Sauce, she says, was it you and Born in the Morning? And Hasa says, Born in the Morning? And Nona says, that's what I said. And I think that's because she's saying it slightly different because it's in another oh, language. Okay. And so it's like, because then also, and then Kevin, like, it's like, Kevin has no translation, you know? No. And I fucking love that, because then it's just like, these dramatic fucking names this whole time, and then, and then I'll be like, Kevin! <laughs> like, Kevin's seven, so he just, like, kind of plays with dolls is in faces he's drawn on erasers and like needs to be walked to the bathroom and is generally a useless seven-year-old yeah and i don't there are clearly other children because they talk about it the tinies she literally like never mentions anything about them and i'm like adopt kevin for some reason right like why did these why are maybe the other children just have more family maybe that's that except for that one of the Born in the Morning or uh, Beautiful Ruby has seven dads. I think it's 
I think beautiful Ruby has a mom with the baby. The ro- morning, yeah, yeah, has, has all seven the dads. Dads, no, um, five dads. I don't know. It's a lot of dads, <laughs> and they're all have names like older dad and this dad and this dad. Yeah, it's like senior dad, younger dad, brother dad. Which I love that implication of that culture too, where kids just have like a bunch of dads who all have random names. Right, and that's the thing too is that there are these pieces of it that it's like. It's impossible to tell if this is a cultural thing from back on Earth, if this is a thing that's been made up for this, like, refugee area or from one of those planets. Because at first also it was unclear to me if every single human was from um, our planet. Because, like, did we really find aliens, like, other humans that were... I think that were... everyone is a descendant from humans, is how I interpreted it, is that people have spread across the stars both through the houses and through Blood of Eden. I don't right. think there are aliens. I just don't understand then how, A, the fact that there aren't aliens doesn't make sense to me. And B, although again, John might have just wiped them out if he found them and didn't want the them The universe around. is also really big. Yeah, but like... God, the timeline's so confusing, to be honest. That timeline of, like, John Gaius. We like, know... he's 10,000 years old. Is it 10,000? I never remember. I'm pretty sure it's 10,000 okay. years old. And, like... I don't know, dude. The the math on how things work... At the very end, when um when Harrow's about to leave John Gaius and is like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go look for God... She asks all of these very legitimate questions. He doesn't answer, like, anything. (laughs) Well, I mean, she asks and then she walks away, so... But, like, these questions about, like, how many are... Were there and how many are there? And, like, what is this? Um... I don't know. There's a lot of questions left. John, this... I don't think I really caught this as much the first time, but the second time... John several times references basically starting over, and this mm-hmm. is kind of the, like, this first draft didn't go well, maybe I'll just kill and re-resurrect everyone, mm-hmm. and start over, and, like... Which implies that he wants to go to, like, every planet and kill everyone. Yeah. No, John is... I just, you know, does it count as genocide if you resurrect them? <laughs> These are the moral questions we are asking <laughs> in the Lock Tomb series. <laughs> Yeah, well, and then you know that he resurrected the original people without any memories, because he's mm-hmm. like, I know where memories lie. Which is also a funny thing to be saying to someone who literally tried to do that to their own brains. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I knew they wouldn't really truly forgive me or love me in the same way, so right. I made them forget. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, John yeah. is deeply fucked up. Also, I love him, and he is deeply fucked up. Oh my god, I hate him. Um... But Nona is incredibly adorable, and she... And her friends are also adorable. Yeah. And so she goes to a school, um, and she's a teacher's aide, but mostly because she's A, too old to be there, and B, can't Can't read read or write. (laughs) Um, And, like, doesn't... (laughs) She says that, like, she can't learn things because her brain just doesn't want to. <laughs> and that is so funny and sounds so, like, neurodivergent, but it. actually is, like, the fact that she's partially this, like, you know, planet person. It's funny, that... too, because Harrow's such a huge book nerd. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, but, like, so basically it's, 
what Nona is really concerned about is that she's getting a six-month birthday and she wants to have a party and she wants fancy presents because she's the most deserving person in the universe, she says about herself a couple times. She wants to invite a whole bunch of dogs to her birthday party. And her gang. And so there's all this, like, fucked up, war-torn shit going on and this is Nona's priority is she wants her birthday party to happen. At least at the beginning of the book, that's kind of. Yeah. And that's the thing is that it's, like, her priorities are just, like, being with her people and, like, keeping them okay. And this idea of, like, getting a party where she gets to, like, hang out with her gang and, like, the dogs. So she's been living with, yeah, I think we started saying then. Yeah, kind of got off on a tangent. Camilla and Palamides, but the they're in the body, same body. But only one of them can basically be present in the body at one time. They kind of switch their souls back and forth. Oh my god. The the conversation that you get to overhear. <laughs> oh god. That was oh. one of the most painful things I have yeah. ever read, I feel like. It's such a good meditation on grief, because they yeah. both like miss each other so profusely. Profoundly is the word I was looking for. I mean, both. Yeah. But they like literally cannot be present at the same time. So they like yeah. talk through recording themselves on a tape recorder and they'll like ask Nona to like hug them like the other one would and stuff. And yeah. it's heartbreaking. It's so Holy bad. shit, it's sad. Like the first time Palamides asked Nona to kiss Camilla's hand, Camilla went and sat in the tub for an hour, even though there was no water <laughs> in the tub. Like, fuck, bro. That's, that's harsh. And Pyrrha is over in the corner just, like, being Pyrrha, so kind of, kind of like how Gideon is. They're very kind of similar with, like, ass jokes and being, like, silly and kind of overdramatic and, like, if there's an awkward silence or anything, they'll just kind of, like, be silly and chill. They're all known as caretakers. But is deeply, deeply brokenhearted. Yeah. And, like... Uh, Nona knows that, and is, like, because Nona can, like, tell things, like, can see that, and it's, like, yeah, because Pyrrha lost her cavalier. Or Gideon. Um, and it's, like, no, lost her necromancer. Necromancer. Anyways. Um. (laughs) Yeah, so they're, they're all basically working kind, kind of with, but, like, they don't trust them with Blood of Eden, I mean, they were kidnapped by Blood of Eden, technically. Yeah, it's like they're kind of working for them and kind of with them, and it's kind of confusing. No one really trusts anyone. Yeah, I think they're, like, working with them as much as you can work with an enemy that you feel like you have control over. Yeah. Like, it's it's a very sketchy partnership. And basically the deal of Blood of Eden, Blood of Eden is interested in basically having, like, a lictor at their beck and call. So they're basically like, we'll give you, you know, like a year to basically see if you can figure out how to fix how to fix Harold Hark. Um, so they are Pam and Cal and Piero. Part of what they're doing is trying to figure out who what's whose soul is inside of Harrow, who is Nona. Right. So part of the mystery of the book is who is Nona? Is it Harrow? Is it Gideon? Is it a combination of them both? Is kind of the questions that Pira and Pal and Cam are asking. Well, and I feel like a lot of the characters have different opinions. Yeah. And they all kind of think they're right, but they all kind of think that they don't know, but they also all kind of think they're right. And it's very funny because they're all very wrong. Well, Crown never even says who she thinks it is, but she's like, I know who you are. 
And then at one point... I think she thinks that it's Gideon. I think so, too. She doesn't say it out loud, yeah. but at one point... <laughs> Um, Nona tells Pal, like, Crown says she knows who I am, and he's like, Crown thinks she knows a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much shade thrown at Crown in that oh book. Oh my god. Like, so much. Because Crown has, like, actually kind of joined so the So she's formerly Corona Beth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that that's not her <laughs> from, name. From Gideon the Ninth. Yeah, so it's Yanthe's sister. Um, and so they, uh, Corona Beth... And Camilla and Judith, um, who's the necromancer of the second, um, all got taken off of Canaan Island with Gideon's body by the Edenites at the end of Gideon. Mm -hmm. But mm, Harrow somehow was not there. I don't understand how that overlap works. Don't worry about it. It doesn't make that much sense. So they got out separately by two totally different things um and but so the three of those those three women were like stuck together as prisoners for a long time and eventually um corona beth just like sided with them but also like corona beth is hard to parse out how much she is manipulative and how much she is manipulated Yes. And... It is very hard to separate that with Corona. I kind of feel like... I'm not sure if she always knows. I don't think she does. I think she tells herself she does. I think... Yeah, I think it's very much just, like, about, like, survival and, like... But she also, like, has these, like, ideals and, like, wants to be someone. And, like, wants to be her own person and... Wants to stand on her own two feet. And so she has all this stuff from having been with Ianthe her whole life and then having yeah. lost Ianthe. And she does. She kind of, so in the in Gideon, there's a moment where you saw Corona kind of trying to stand against Ianthe and then she folds. And in this book, Corona successfully does kind of stand against Ianthe and sort of outsmart her. But also her kind of, of presents it. Yes. No, she, I mean, oh, they have such a complicated relationship. Yeah. They had one of those that, like, I truly don't think you can understand unless you've had that kind of toxic relationship, which I'm fine with not understanding. <laughs> yep. Very I've happy. got my own trauma. I don't need that one. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's, like, I mean, it's even worse toxic confusing than, like, Harrow and Gideon. Like, yeah. Harrow and Gideon was toxic and fucked up, but they were, like, had a very clear trajectory of, like, how things happened. And, like, why they were the way they were in a way that I just feel like you can parse out and understand. Ianthe and Coronabeth were, like... They truly love and truly hate each other all at the same time, Well, and they... And I feel like they, like, truly want each other. And I don't... There's a lot of possession, I feel like. And jealousy. Yes. And, like, need in a way that's, like pretty heavy. They're very codependent. Um. In a really weird, it's just a weirder way than normal. Yeah. And it's like, it makes sense from this point of view of the fact that, like, they have spent their whole lives pretending that Corona Beth was a necromancer. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's just such a weird thing, where they were just, like, forced in this position of, like, 
being people where neither of them could be the person that they wanted to be on, like, a fundamental level. Right. And then at Canaan House, they, like, for, it was the first time that, like, Coronabeth kind of tried, and Ianthe, like, succeeded, but Coronabeth, like, failed. And then in Harrow, you don't even fucking see Coronabeth, really. And very, then, very briefly. And Ianthe is, like, actually coming into her own. And then Nona's where I feel like you actually see, like, she becomes crown, and she becomes, like, her own person. Mm-hmm. But the moment Ianthe comes back, they're both fucked. So it's like, I don't know. But at one point, like, she, I mean, she talks about, like, I like my prison bars more obvious. Yeah. Like, she, she's definitely not, like, she acts dumb for a reason. She's always acted dumb in order to get away with things. And she's, like, very pretty and very attractive. And And she fucks with people. I think what you said about her being, it's hard to tell where she's being manipulated and where she's manipulating is right on it. And, like... It seems like she truly believes in parts of the Blood of Eden mission, but she also has been manipulated by them, but she also is using them in some ways, and yeah, it is complicated. I don't know if she... I genuinely don't know if she believes what she believes, period. I feel like I understand Anthe by the end of Harrow and stuff. Like, you really... You, like, get where she's at, and, like, I understand a lot of them, but, like... Anthe is honest about herself. Well, right, that's the thing, is that Ianthe is manipulative, but Ianthe is directly manipulative. Yeah. Ianthe is amazing. So, Ianthe... She's like the bitch of my heart, I feel like. Oh my god. Is that an expression? I... Now it is. (laughs) So, it's very funny, too, because Ianthe, like, basically just slowly, like, annoys Harrow into being her friend. Also, Harrow has no, no, literally no one else. But, like, Ianthe is just, like, going for Harrow in the, in Harrow. And then in Nona, Ianthe is just off being friends with Gideon. But Gideon has been renamed to Kiriona Gaia. Which, I... Is she supposed to be, like, a kind of different... So, another internet thing. Fucking bitch. <laughs> I've been haunting the Gideon subreddit some. It's a fun, it's a fun place. Anyway, um, mostly for the fan art. Um, so, what people have said, because I also, the first time reading it, was like, I don't understand, like, because Gideon feels a little different, but it's like, we haven't seen her in four months. She was dead. Um, More so basically, months, yeah. yeah, John made her into a revenant. Right. So he basically, like, t- her, took her soul and, like, put it back into her dead body right. to power it. But, um... But part of her also, soul should have been left in Harrow. Yeah, so I think that's it, that that's not completely Gideon, that John was, like, able to extract somehow part of her soul, but not, like, the whole thing. So, like, Gideon, I think she's not whole, is how I'm interpreting this and what people seem to think online. Yeah, because, like, they even kind of talk about it in the book. Like, we know that Harrow didn't absorb all of Gideon's soul, but in order for Harrow to be that powerful... And her eyes are still Gideon's color, too, which means part of her soul is in her. Anyway, um, do we... What else do we have to say about Nona? Um, I... Well, so Cam and Pal... We should talk about that. We should talk about Paul. 
Um, so Camilla and Palamides are both living in one body with a very strict time frame. Or else all their souls are going to start fighting and it's going to be really, really bad. But at the same time, like, it is already killing Camilla. Yeah. And, like, Kira knows this. And I think Nona kind of knows it in one of the many ways that Nona, like, knows things, but also doesn't understand things, but also just accepts certain things. Yeah. Like, Nona is actually, like, pretty ready to accept death as a part of things. So Cam and Pal, oh god, their relationship is so painful and beautiful. Yeah, so the whole time they're flipping back and forth, kind of between Cam and Pal. They feel like a pretty healthy relationship. Yeah, that's how there's, so basically they figure out the path to be a true lictor, where it's a true fusion but right. that means it's a mutual death. It, it yeah. honestly reminds me a lot of Fusion Shadow and Steven them. Universe, where... I, did you ever watch Steven Universe? No. It's gay space rocks. I mean, I know. Yeah. But, um, they, so they are kind of like, the way they do sort of relationships is called Fusion, and they talk about how you are a new person composed of the two other ones. Like, you aren't there. So, like, it is essentially, like, a death of the two original people to make a new one, but it's temporary in Steven Universe. Oh. Um, so they can unfuse if they want to whenever. Yeah, so I feel like, especially the first time, but I, it does feel really hard. Like, so Cam and Palamides end up doing that finally near the very end of the book, um, Cam is, like, literally dying, and there's literally, like, no way to save her. So, and like... And they're, they're all gonna die if they don't have a lictor with them, basically. Right. So, like, it's kind of like in Gideon, where there's, like, no real other option. But also, they were debating about doing this anyways. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's so painful to read, it's and so... also beautiful, because it's, yeah. like... I, Pal says some really, really moving things that are, like, are per, like the perfect love perfected yeah. by death, like, which cannot die and is dead. I don't know. It's all poetic and shit and beautiful. Well, and, like, she, like, says, like, this is, I'm just so relieved, like, this is what I've wanted. Yeah. And, like, they've carried each other through so much and, like, been through so much. Um, and they become this, like, amazing third person together named Paul. And I... I know I will like Paul. I feel like Nona. I know I will like <laughs> Paul. I know that it was nice of Cam and Pal of Palamides to leave Paul behind. But I also... I miss them! <laughs> Don't like it! If I could have just read literally the, like five months before this of Cam and Pal and Pira and... Just making it work. Like a sitcom yeah. with them and Nona. I would gladly read a fan fiction that was just all those days where the same things happened with them in the same house. Right. Making this bizarre, beautiful little family. So, it's so... Yeah. I love the domestic stuff. It's and so Pira's, good. you know, Pira kisses them goodbye and says, like, I would call you... If I was another person, I would call you, like my own, but, like, I don't even know what that would mean. I've loved you so much, not mm-hmm. well, because I don't know how to love well, but... Goddamn Pira! Loved, <laughs> loved you for with everything I've had. And it's just, like, it's one of those things, I think that's why it's so extra painful, too, is it's one of those found families being broken up things. Yeah. And that's just, like, 
you finally found home, you finally have that, and then it's, like, taken away, and it's just, it's so painful, and, like, (sighs) so how amazing is it that Cam and Pal figured out how to do this thing that, like, all the, like, genius necromancers who became lictors couldn't figure out? Like, of course they did. They're amazing. To be fair, though, they also have a lot more information, I feel like, they than do, the other ones would have. Because but... it's been, like, thousands yeah. of years of research and, like, so much information. But they are also, like, literal geniuses. Um, and they under- they have the understanding of what the Lictor Project was, so, like, what they did wrong. And so they, like, figure out how to fix it. And, and they, do it correctly. Um... Nona says something about how there's no trace of, like, fear or anxiety on Paul's face, and everyone has traces of fear and anxiety. Right. And it's just, like, they made such a beautiful person, but also they're dead, and it's sad, even though they're not quite gone. They're not gone, but they are dead. They are gone! But, like, Paul embodies both of them, but is also a different person. I'm upset about it. But I do, I do really just, like, love that they, like, um, suddenly, like, as soon as Paul is there, they, like, give him these random extra clothes that people give him, and then he just, like, goes through all of his people, because they finally have found the sixth house. That's, like, the other side plot that they're trying to find mm-hmm. the, the sixth house. A bunch of the people got kidnapped. They're, like, the yeah. basically. <laughs> so they're, like, and it just happens to be because... Calamities is the master warden. The government is his family. Like, legitimately. <laughs> like, his mom is, like, the <laughs> yeah. master archivist. And then he's like, the other people aren't literally related to me, but they're still, like, my family. It's like, complicated. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so funny. But they're just, like, he just gets up and picks up a clipboard and just starts, like, fixing his people and putting things back together and just puts them back on the truck. And they all just do it. I'm so excited for more to get to know Paul better. Like, I miss Cam and Pal so much, but, like, I'm really excited to get to know them. Especially because it's kind of like how, like, we love Harrow and we love Gideon, but Gideon with Harrow is a hundred times better. Yeah. And so it's like, Cam and Pal are both great, but them together is, like, painfully beautiful, and now they're gone, and there's just the one. (laughs) It's so sad. Ooh, we should talk about gender for, like, a hot sec, too. So, Paul... So many genders, bro. Paul is a combination... And AIM. Yeah, AIM. So, Paul is a combination of Cam and Pal, and goes by they, and that's all we know. Um, Pira is the soul of someone who seems, like, identified as female in the soul of a male-identified person, and they call her she, but are always talking about, like, her stubble and stuff. Right. Um, yeah, and then... Aim the messenger, who we don't really even know what they are yet. I And I have no idea. Every description... That's also the thing about Nona, is that I feel like so many of the descriptions that she gives are what you need in order to, like, picture what the person is as that person. But that means that the, a lot of them are missing skin tone... Um, or, like, other things that just, like, aren't important. Because, yeah. like, race... Like, they're all the human race that is being hunted. So, like, there's not really a yeah. race thing. We there's just there's language things. Like, like race and ethnicity mm-hmm. and, like, sexism. Those are all just, like, the kind of, like, 
oppression we deal with is not really a part of the Gideon universe at all. Right. Um, but yeah, so then I think, but like, yeah, AIM what AIM is, is, AIM somehow, like, carries, like, information or, like, something from Old Earth, I think. Somehow they're, like, right. carrying personalities or, like, somehow they are kind of the, or like, memories. memory keeper yeah. of Blood of Eden. So, like, of everything that was lost on Earth is my impression of them. Right. So they are literally, like, multiple people, and we don't really know how yet. Yeah. But they talk about, people call them they, they call themselves we, I think. Well, so they're they and we, um, in Blood of Eden, and then when, when Pash finds them at the school, they make a comment about how, oh, you wanted to be here so that you could be just she. Mm-hmm. And that, at first I thought that that meant that it was a, like, male body, and they, like, wanted to be that. But then the more I read, the more it was clear that the Edenites called them them and we. So it's... I I don't even know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's complicated, but... I don't know. I found that... I, I thought it was interesting the way that they, like, played with all of these different things that we actually deal with. But, like shift perspective on Which it. Which I think is what speculative fiction does, like, when it does it really well, that's awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, so a bunch of kind of, like, interesting, like, trans non-binary sort of, right. or just gender representation kind of, um, stuff in right. it. Right. No one really gets a label, because it doesn't feel like they need one, because that's, like, just not a thing in this universe to, like, And it doesn't label. really seem like their sexualities either. No. Like, the fact that he has five, that kid has five dads, but, like, one of them's, like, brother dad and stuff, it's like, is, are these people all married, or are they all married to one other person, and they're, like, <laughs> no together idea. with that, or are they all related, they and all this is just words? to adopt him as a right. group? Like, because, like, maybe no one's else is left. Yeah, we don't Because know. that's also the thing, is that it's, like, these are refugees. Like, this is, like, the last yeah. stand of a lot of these people. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, so throughout the book, you basically find out that, right, Nona is a soul, or at least part of it, in Hera's body. Right. Um, and so she, Hera's body is rejecting her soul, so she's kind of dying, and she's taking Hera's body with her. So they basically need her get to get her back to her own body so her soul can jump to it. But and, first they think that she's Gideon. Uh-huh. So, so when Neanthe shows body. up... So Anthe shows up in Niberius's body. What an entrance. <laughs> on on the planet where all these other characters are I think on. Anthe is in my top five favorite villains. Oh She's so fucking great. So she shows up and She's, like, just out of nowhere. We're like, oh, we had no idea what happened to Anthe after she rescued God. She's like, here now. Not seen nothing, no nothing. She shows up in the full, like, Lictor outfit and everything, and then she's brought Gideon, what looks like Gideon's dead body with her, but renamed her. And she's puppeting the body of Niberius. The Which is confusing at first. And ate his soul. <laughs> right, so she's, she looks like, well, because she is Niberius, 
So she's not even look like Ianthe, so it takes a little bit. She calls herself Prince Nibirius, Ianthe Nibirius, too. Right. Or, but doesn't she, when she's in his body, does she say Nibirius Ianthe? Maybe? Does she switch that? I don't know. I'm not sure. But they say both names either way. And so it was, like, very confusing at first, because Nona doesn't know either of these people, but we do. (laughs) And so we're, like, taking cues from things, and then Gideon's body shows up, and Gideon looks fucking dead, but all, like, dressed up. And so... So we think it's Gideon's corpse at first, because Gideon's dead. And then Nona goes alone into the room, and Gideon opens her eyes and looks at her, and Nona can tell she wants to be kissed, so she kisses her. Um... (laughs) <laughs> so you know finally get like a Harrow Hart getting a kiss and it's not yeah quite someone either was of them. someone was complaining about that on TikTok oh they God. were like we got the kiss but they didn't even kiss because it didn't even happen <laughs> um yeah so that's when we find out or soon to that that Gideon is well, a revenant made by but John. Then, well, but then she pretends to be dead again. Oh yeah. And so for a while you think maybe Nona made it up because Harrow used to be crazy. Gideon pretends to be dead for a while in this book. I mean, it actually, it's long in chapter length a little bit, but it's actually only like an hour. <laughs> but it's just so funny because she's literally a dead body. She she's literally, literally dead. She body. has holes in her body from her stab. Or my speed holes. They make me go fast. <laughs> yeah, Gideon is still a little shit. But also seems even more of a little shit. Way, she she's seems, way more confident and self assured. But she's also bitter and cynical in a way she wasn't before. Yeah, that's like fair. she's lost some kind of innocence. It seems oh, like all of her yeah. Um, Nona describes her as the saddest girl in the world. <laughs> and yeah, it's I don't know if it's because of trauma stuff, what she's been through in between I think finding it's out she lost because she doesn't have all her soul, or that she lost Harrow, or maybe a combo. Um, yeah, probably literally everything. Finding out that your mom was going to sacrifice you because she wanted to murder your dad. Who's gone. And then Beat lost your only love and friend. Yeah, it's a lot of shit. Um, but yeah, so it's just like, by the way, I guess Gideon and Neanthe were just like off fighting people and like having a good time. they made friendship bracelets and oh are my God, frenemies Oh my god, the now. ugly friendship bracelets is the funniest, stupidest so side good. plot. Like, I think there's a reference in the either the first or second book that either Gideon or Neanthe says about making friendship bracelets for someone that's like, oh, you want to exchange friendship bracelets? I think I saw that someone point that out. Oh, I bet it's just so Tanzanian. Because there was this line when um, Gideon said a bunch of shit to Ianthe. I think it's actually in Harrow in the um, in the Mithraeum, and then Ianthe like comes back with one of her like snarky like double entendres things, and Gideon goes, "Scratch that, marry me." <laughs> and then there's like a whole thing there where they're like going back and forth where they like do get along, but they're also like, yeah. It's funny because so much of Harrow is shadowing for this book, and also you don't understand so much of Harrow without this book. Right. You cannot understand the book Harrow without reading Nona, and the book Nona would make no sense if you hadn't read Harrow. So you have to start in the dark and read a whole book, and then read a whole nother book before you understand it all. How do these books work? Like, they should not work on paper, but they should not work. Well, and they shouldn't be as popular as they no. are. No. Like, 
It's also like how everyone... are we all putting this much time into this? Because like we don't just like this book. We're obsessed with this book, and but you can only like, be obsessed every, with this book. right. Everyone who loves this book is obsessed. With you this like book. I feel like you either give up or you get obsessed. Yeah, and there is no in between. It's strange, and also I'm fully in the obsession. Oh yeah, group, and I will be forever. So fucking uh. good, man. But yeah, I don't think there's a ton more to say. Um, basically, it ends up with um, them getting to the ninth house in the tomb, and Electo wakes up, and Harrowhark wakes up in her body, so they're both in their correct bodies now. Um, and you basically, like, get, like, a split second of them being together, but, like, literally, like, they don't really make yeah, it. Yeah, it was so <laughs> hard to have, like... Gideon and Harrow are in the same place, in separate bodies at the same time, and we, like, really don't even get to see them interact in this book. Yeah, It's no. so brief. I, it's so painful. They don't... They literally don't say anything to each other this whole book. Um, and that hurts. <laughs> but, um, actually, they don't say anything they don't like actually interact in the other book either the letter that harrow pascara leaves for gideon i think is the closest thing that we get to that well the letter that harrow leaves gideon just says one flesh one end yeah and has her sunglasses that is not (laughs) that's the closest we get baz says so much no no i am i am am very i find it very romantic and stirring no (laughs) fucking murder (laughs) Um, so Electo basically, like, pledges service to Harrow at the very end. It's also in Old English. Why is it in Old English? <laughs> because Electo's a weirdo, is how I interpreted that, and thinks and speaks, like, differently from humans. I was wondering if it was some sort of, like, because, like, Old English would be, like, some of the original roots of a lot of things. I think it's a way to distinguish her voice from a human voice, is what I think. Think it is because it also there's no quotation marks around yeah. things it's so and she doesn't know any of the characters once again we have a character who knows nothing <laughs> so she literally says like there are living children quote fighting dead children quote and i'm like are there skeletons or are they just talking about curiona because curiona's dead or like who is fighting home and like sometimes the things that they shout out you know who it is. And sometimes like, you don't. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's just, like, random. And that has happened in Nona, too. Yeah. Where you'll hear things, and sometimes she doesn't know who it is, and sometimes you have enough context clues to figure it out, but sometimes you don't, and you just never fucking find out. And that's these books. <laughs> that is a good, actually, <laughs> yep. wrap-up. So, really looking forward to the next one. They're great. We don't know how they work. We're confused, but we love them.